Hello, everyone. Welcome to another fantastic edition of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. We are continuing our journey of being together, but while being separate. And uh, joining <laughs> me, as always, is my uh, lovely co-host, Mr. Christian Redshaw. Christian, how are you doing today? I'm feeling lovely today. How are you doing, Dom? Uh, I'm feeling pretty lovely as well. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to know who our guest is, though. Well, our guest today is Hannah Tufts, and she is from Exhale Barcelona. She is a freelance cybersecurity specialist, and I can't wait to get into it with her. Let's bring her on. Awesome. I think she's our first ever guest from Spain, so uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll pause here for, for a moment. We'll, we'll bring her on, and we'll have an awesome conversation. Sounds good. Hannah, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome to Cybersecurity Matters. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really pleased to be here. Now, you're all the way in Spain, so there's a bit of a, a time lag on the internet connection here. We'll just do our best, but uh, we're going to roll right into the first question. We want to get to know you a little bit. Can you tell us, I think the main question on my mind is, how did you get involved in cybersecurity in the first place? Sure. So um, I guess my my real core skill actually is that I'm a writer and I graduated in English literature just over a decade or so ago. Um, it was really difficult to find graduate jobs uh, back then in the UK. The economy wasn't um, in a great space. And I landed in uh, the world of what we called information security more often back then, uh, completely by chance, as lots of people do. Um, but for me, it was it was a role in communication and marketing, and it was uh, time for me to make my debut as kind of um, a wannabe journalist, uh, very naive back then. Um, so I soon kind of realized that actually the industry that I was going out to my friends and family and kind of describing as, oh, it's quite dry and quite techy, um, you wouldn't really get it, um, was actually uh, really, really engaging and for me was was such a huge creative challenge to take something that yeah, people struggle to engage with, um, but to turn it into something much more relevant and, and kind of humanize that that topic. So um, it got me quite quickly and um, I deviated a little bit from cybersecurity and went into the world of finance for a few years where I was on the other side of, of all of those kind of awareness campaigns that I'd been working on, um, which was really interesting to see how they really lacked visibility in that kind of corporate environment. Um, and then I made the decision to completely change chapter, um, move to Barcelona just around four years ago. And I like to think of it as um, the universe being at work because I came across a role um, at a cyber threat intelligence startup in the city here. Um, and, and it just felt like one of those things that was meant to be. And all of a sudden I was back into that world of cyber security. Um, not too long after that, I decided to go freelance as a consultant, uh, specializing in content, um, training, marketing, branding, all kinds of content, really, but specifically in the cybersecurity industry. Um, and particularly, um, kind of hoping to, to really build and expand on my um, passion to encourage 
more girls to uh, pursue this as a career path, um, to be a bit of a role model for anybody who kind of thinks, yeah, you know, it's it's not really the industry for me, um, to show that actually you can do, you know, you can do a really creative role and, and be really successful in this industry and it's absolutely mm. crying out for you. Um, and a little, well, much more recently, um, I, I kind of started studying more around digital wellness and the neuroscience involved in our relationship with technology and saw loads of synergies with the types of things that I bring into training programs and awareness programs in cybersecurity. So I've been really lucky that I've worked with a couple of clients in the last 18 months to, to introduce um, that theory into um, training programs. And I'm now, as we move into a new year, looking at really expanding on that further, um, more as a kind of um, coach, but also uh, bringing that theory into a lot of uh, projects and programs and initiatives as well. Uh, you have such an interesting background, Hannah. I mean, you, you touch on so many different areas there. I have a million different <laughs> questions, but I'm trying to prioritize them in my head. Um, uh, uh, first off, I, I, I like to uh, go down the, that path of digital wellness. So, so both Christian and I and, and our, our viewers and listeners can better understand that that concept. So is, is that related on the vein of the fact that people have become so reliant, almost addicted to technology, whether that be their, their computers or uh, or their smartphones, and that, they're, uh, that when we're talking about our physical wellness as well, we need to understand how that merges into our digital wellness. I'm wondering if you could just explain a bit further in terms of how that affects or how one's digital wellness can affect one's overall physical and mental wellness as well. Sure. So I will try to keep it concise because it's a very <laughs> broad um, field, and uh, but it's 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 one that fascinates me but also frightens me at the same time and um i don't know whether you've caught it on netflix over in uh, canada but recently the social dilemma really um really kind of awakened that further in me so it was it was last year that i studied with a program called consciously digital um just before I went off and had a baby. So, you know, I just, I like to take on as many things as I possibly can <laughs> at one time. Um, but, but it was the perfect way to kind of shut down before I started maternity leave. Um, and yeah, so in terms of how our digital wellness impacts our physical wellness, well, there are all kinds of different studies and, and research around um what's actually going on in our brains when we're when we're using our technology all day and and a lot of it links back to our very ancient uh, kind of limbic system which is about survival and kind of basic survival and reward and um, the thing is is for, for us nowadays reward comes in the shape of our little red notifications as opposed to um, dinner kind of running by and chasing after it and spearing it so this is what's actually happening and this is why it is so difficult to break those habits because they are so hardwired. Um, you know how difficult it is to form new habits, especially the older we get. And we see, um, especially with children who are exposed to technology younger and younger, they're also forming these habits very early on while their brains are still developing at a really incredible rate. 
Um, in terms of the physical impacts, I think we can all relate to the fact that our backs and our shoulders and our necks um, suffer from sitting at laptops most of the day um, or head down kind of scrolling. You know, I think I even get RSI in my thumb sometimes from that infinite scroll. Um, it's it's a real thing. But, you know, I've, I've been really focusing on areas around how our ability to focus, our ability to think creatively, and actually our ability to be bored um, are really vastly diminished because of our reliance and our, and our relationship with technology nowadays. One of the best ways to actually start to counteract it and restore those neuro uh, abilities is to kind of get outside and get active. So um, the, the answer is absolutely to balance it with the physical wellness in, in uh, uh, yeah absolutely it's funny you mentioned the uh, some of those phantom conditions you know, i know sometimes i feel like i've got a message and my phone's in my pocket and i look at it and well, no, nothing's there there's not no new messages it's, it's, it's a phantom uh, exactly. menace of sorts but uh, <laughs> try, trying to draw a line out between digital wellness and cybersecurity uh, awareness so Again, I'm just hypothesis, uh, throwing out a hypothesis here, but you know, with, with people and individuals who have lower levels of digital wellness, are they more susceptible to phishing scams and to uh, uh, um, be, being victimized by, by scammers and cyber cyber criminals? Is there any correlation there? So in terms of study, um, oh, it's an area that I would love to pursue more. I, I, there probably isn't anything documented, but I think the likelihood is absolutely because our you, you know how it is. It, it's irresistible to actually open that email, open that message and just see what it says. You know, we, we can't resist it. We all, our thumbs and our fingers kind of do it on autopilot. We sometimes don't even know how we've moved from app to app. Um, it's just kind of happened subconsciously. And um, I think, you know, the basics of actually counteracting threats that rely on social engineering techniques is often to, to pause and to think twice and to verify some of the characteristics that you're seeing, um, which are often really overridden by these kind of neurohormones that are at work that are just so excited to kind of get that reward hit, get that dopamine hit. Um, and maybe there's a bit of oxytocin and serotonin in there as well. Um, that, of course, it then, it then does leave us at greater risk of falling for something like a phishing email because um, our urge to, to kind of check that reward and and our inclination to think oh you know it's it's some it sounds too good to be true but i'm going to go with it anyway um it's it's actually it's a real thing that it does still override those um that caution interesting i, I have one more question because i know i'm hogging the mic here and i'll pass back to christian but i'm interested in your in your analysis here with uh, during covid uh and we've we've seen uh uh, phishing scams, the success rates of these go, you know, uh, th through the roof. Um, have we seen sort of a perfect psychological storm that cyber criminals are taking advantage advantage of during this time? You know, pe people are uh, generally more tired. They're pulled in a million different directions. Uh, it's difficult for them to f to focus on really anything. Has this creates a, a, a psychological a perfect storm of sorts for cyber criminals? Absolutely, because um, I mean, another way of referring to, I guess, our devices is a digital. Dist 
distraction. And I think the key is in the word distraction there. Um, you know, we, our, our initial impression of, oh, we were retreating to our home offices were that we were going to enjoy a bit more balance and, and more home comforts. But I think in actual fact, um, we are much more distracted than ever uh, because, you know, we've got pets and kids and all sorts going on in the background while we're trying to maintain a, our professional kind of persona as well. The tech is kind of really diminishing our ability to stay focused and to take those moments to actually pause and breathe, um, of course, puts us at greater risk. And that's actually one of the key areas that we've really been able to tune into with a couple of the recent training programs that I've delivered, where we've been targeting senior leaders in particular, and kind of really using empathy to explain that, you know, the more you can um, take a moment to for yourself and and kind of maybe it's just maybe it's just saying no to, to taking on too much like we always tend to do. In actual fact, you're you're developing a habit there to pause more often and to think twice. And that then can then translate onto the next time you're faced with something that could actually be a real fishing scam. So, Hannah, we've come to understand about you that you help young people and you help parents with an awareness message. My question is, what are, what is the essence of the message that you're giving them? <clears throat> In other words, what are the threats that they should be aware of? Sure. So um, this is a really interesting one. And I think a lot of parents out there um, wish there was kind of an instant switch or an instant off button to encourage their kids to change their behavior when it comes to technology and not just around kind of the threats that are online, but just around the kind of behaviors that it does um, encourage us to all demonstrate. It's it's a very human um, interaction that we're dealing with there. It's and, and I think the perception that it's something very technical and that the threat is very technical, what puts a lot of people off in it and, and being able to have those um, constructive and supportive conversations. Um, I think if we can just kind of really promote that actually what's going on here is is about behavior and, and exploiting human emotion and weaknesses, um, but not only weaknesses, it's just actually comes back to that basic instincts to survive um, that are actually coming through here. So my message to, um, to those groups in particular is to try really hard to continue to main that, maintain that open dialogue as your kids um, get, get older. Uh, I know it can be become increasingly difficult, but that is what it comes down to because what you want to do is you want to be in a scenario where if they are faced with something, they tell you about it. Um, they don't keep it to themselves. It's interesting because when we're doing an awareness message, we never want to leave out the individual and the family ramifications of cyber threats. But most of the people that are watching this podcast are going to be organizational leaders or, or business leaders. How would the message maybe be catered to them? <clears throat> what message would you have from, a, from an awareness perspective for businesses and organizations and those types of threats? Sure. So 
in my kind of career history to date, I've actually always focused on the kind of human factor or the human element in these kind of um, attempts to engage people with this messaging. And I totally agree that for our audience today, um, they're going to be asking questions around, but what does this kind of really mean in a business context? And, and for my bottom line, how do I engage with my board and my CISO about um, why we need to invest in cybersecurity? But in the vast majority of cases, actually, um, as colleagues, whatever your role might be, the the personal kind of human side of it is something that we can all relate to a little bit more easily than um, than relating to the business impact of clicking on um, a malicious link. For us, uh, it feels like there are less personal kind of ramifications from something in a business context versus, you know, if something happened in our personal lives. So often I'll still actually come at it from that angle um, because that's the emotional hook uh, that, that makes people realize that these threats are real mm. and that they can have those real devastating uh, consequences, then it's about bringing it into um, the the more professional environment and and how it can impact the reputation and financial status of the company that you're working for. Yeah, that's a big deal because th at the end of the day for an organization, they're translating cyber risk into dollars and cents. So <clears throat> as, as, as more, it's more important to deal with the personal side, but also from from the organizational side as well in terms of uh, their finances and their reputation and, and all of those things. Absolutely, yeah. And I think one of the key things to remember is that um, I'm I'm kind of as guilty as the rest of us that my professional community is actually quite um, uh, concentrated in the cybersecurity industry. And I think we're really good at talking to each other about what the biggest threats are and how we need to address them. But what we need to often remember is that the people that need to buy into cybersecurity are often the ones who don't really have much of a clue about it and are not as passionate as we are. So in actual fact, talking to them in a bit more of a plain language helps to get them on board, makes them feel less alienated and, um, and helps them to kind of make it feel real, I guess. Got some great wisdom to end with. <laughs> absolutely, that's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Oh, well, uh, Krishna, I super appreciate you taking time to, to join us today, Hannah. That, that was an absolutely epic conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Christian, that was a really, really interesting conversation uh, uh, with Hannah. Uh, curious to know your, your, your thoughts on it. Well, first, what struck me was somebody in Spain with a British accent. Uh, obviously, there's a story <laughs> behind that. So uh, that was uh, that was refreshing. Um, so I guess what struck me was humanizing the awareness message and especially yes. her focus on dealing with young people and children uh, and parents. Um, there's a specific message there and there's there's a lot to protect when it comes to important people in your life. Uh, absolutely. I think, you know, the extension of that was, was the concept she introduced to us of, of being digital uh, wellness, you know, and I, I think that was very, very interesting concept. And, you know, as our lives become increasingly digitized, it just only makes sense that an extension of our wellness needs to be in, in that digital world as well. So I think it was really, really interesting for, for, for Hannah to, to, to lay that out. We were very grateful to her for, for that uh, Very time relevant today. for and, all of us. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, speaking of uh, being grateful, you know, as, as always, we, we appreciate all the loyal listeners and viewers uh, to the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Uh, if you're lo- uh, interested in looking at uh, previous episodes, please make sure to check out the Conversations That Matter uh, YouTube page, uh, as well as a slew of other awesome podcasts that fly under the Conversations That Matter uh, banner. Um, but as, as always, uh, we look forward to, to entertaining you and educating you uh, every week. Uh, but until next time, be well, be safe, mask up. And we'll see you next time on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Mm-hmm.